Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. So today on In Awe by Bruce, I'm excited to have Kevin Sorbo, who many of you know from his starring roles as Hercules and Captain Dylan Hunt on Andromeda, but also from his Christian presence in movies like The Challenging Atheistic College Professor and God's Not Dead. In his latest projects, we want to talk about three projects he's working on right now, which he plays different parts in, but acts, directs, produces. The first one's Against the Tide, Finding God in an Age of Science. And this is where Kevin is more of a host interviewing John Lennox, who's a professor of mathematics at Oxford. He's also a Christian apologist of science, philosophy, and religion, and he likes to dispel false information that people use attacking Christianity, and in doing so, he ends up debating a lot of the new atheists like uh, Dawkins. Secondly, we'll talk about Faith Under Fire, a movie with Dean Cain and Kevin playing parts in it that work into the life of a fireman who saves lives but can't save his wife from cancer and then finds out his daughter is extremely ill. Now, Against the Tide is open for one day only on November 19th, so it's only that night, November 19th. And then Faith Under Fire opens November 27th, and then will be streaming as of 12-1 on DVD and VOD. And then also coming up is Miracle in East Texas. So a lot of things going on, and I know that truthfully doesn't even cover the other things that Kevin has going on. But Kevin, welcome to In Awe by Bruce. Well, it's good to be here. I'll take that uh, that lengthy intro anytime. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, no problem. We'll make sure we... Uh, reiterate some of that on the, the website. So Kevin, I wanted to just start off with, give us some of your Christian background and what drives you to do the things that you are doing today. Well, I grew up in a little town uh, called Mound, Minnesota. It's on the western shore of Lake Minnetonka, about 25 miles west of uh, downtown Minneapolis. And I grew up in a Lutheran family, typical Scandinavian Norwegian family, you know, that uh, most people <laughs> yeah. are Lutherans. That's St. John's Lutheran Church. Uh-huh. Um, I remember my pastor, Pastor Sanders, more than anything, was pretty, pretty fire and brimstone. And I, I, I was a young kid, and I remember telling my parents, I said, I don't think God's that angry with us. I think he loves us, you know. And, <laughs> but it was, our, it was our youth pastor that came along, Pastor Lee, that was really huge for me during the teenage years. And uh, we, had a, we had tea night every Wednesday night that we'd go there and hang out. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the guys from my church were the guys, same guys that played football and basketball and baseball with all through junior high, high school and everything. And Sundays at church, but you know that's always been sort of part of my life. Um, it's always sort of just been there. You know, I haven't led the most perfect life in the world, but at the same time, I never, I never stopped believing. I always believed in God and Jesus, and that's always been there. So I think the only time really when my faith jumped forward way in years here now, at the end of season five on Hercules, I suffered an aneurysm, I suffered three strokes. Whoa. And um, here's a guy that, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm playing the strongest man in the world. And I was in probably better shape than I was in my 20s. And I've always been in good shape. And to a guy that couldn't even stand up and walk anymore. And it took me three years to fully recover. So it was a long road to recovering. Uh, as I said, I always had faith, but I never needed faith until that roadblock hit me square in the face. So uh -huh. I ended up writing a book about it uh, called True Strength. 
my journey from Hercules to mere mortal and how nearly dying saved my life. And uh, I didn't want to write that book. My wife badgered me to finally write it. And she said, you know, this is going to motivate a lot of people. And it's been really a godsend for me to uh, have that book out there because I've had people of all walks of life that have had all kinds of things happen to them saying, mm. the book has made me stop feeling sorry for myself and realize that I got to look in the mirror and go, all right, what am I going to do? This happened to me, but I'm not going to sit around and let it control me. So it's been an interesting road for sure. Yeah. A lot of things have opened up to me as well. I mean, after Hercules and Andromeda, I, I really started doing more faith-based movies, I guess you can call them. I, I call them family-friendly ones, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, movies with a good message is really what I want, I want to do more of. Anything particular happen during that time when you were going through the, the from the strokes and trying to recover that you particularly saw God working in that kind of encouraged you along these ways? Well, you know, God warned me, and I didn't heed the signs. I mean, I was having all kinds of problems with my left arm down in New Zealand. I shot Hercules for seven years in New Zealand. In the end of season five, when I really, my left arm was just felt like it was on fire, and I couldn't figure out why my fingers were numb. And so Oof. that aneurysm that was way up in my left subclavicle had been spitting blood clots down randomly and cutting off the, the blood flow into my fingers, causing all the numbness and coldness in my fingers. Wow. And uh, I didn't pay attention to it because I was doing most of my own stunts because my ego said that I could. You know, I, and, I, and I enjoyed doing them. I mean, I'm a, I'm a jock and here I was now doing more, you know, athletic stuff. And it was fun. My stunt guys were awesome to work with. And they, you know, every episode of Hercules had two to three fights in it. So it was just fun for me to do it. I look forward to it. It was a great workout. Oh, yeah. And when I went back home to do promotional work on my very first big budget movie called Call the Conqueror, which is the prequel of Conan the Barbarian that mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger played, I was doing a bunch of publicity on it. And I went to see my doctor because the arm at that point was just on fire. He, he found the lump way up there and he wanted to do a biopsy on it. He didn't tell me at the time, but later he thought it was cancer. Yeah. So I went to see my chiropractor and as he's working on my shoulder, I'm laying there and working on my neck. A voice inside my head multiple times, don't let him crack your neck. Now, here's the weird mm. thing. No chiropractors do a lot of cracking our necks. I've been to this guy eight years. He doesn't crack my neck because I don't like it. And I told him, never crack my neck. Because I've had it crack before and I didn't, never liked the sensation of it. Yeah. And his voice is warning me over and over again. I didn't listen to it. He cracks my neck. Ooh. Like, Why did you do that? I felt you needed it. I said, well, I don't care what you felt. You know that I hate it. Well, within minutes, the strokes happen. Oh. Because that violent twist from left to right, where the annual yeah. way up there on the left left shoulder, right up next to the uh, neck, caused that uh, cracking to happen. And I found out later from other other people when I did my first speaking event off my book, I met with a bunch of stroke survivors that suffered strokes from a neck manipulation. So it's rare, but think about it. Every time you crack your neck, you're twisting the arteries in there as well. Yes, and it can happen. But um, it's not, it doesn't happen all the time, obviously. But, you know, chiropractors should warn their patients, this couldn't mm. happen. You want your neck cracked or not. So, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was an interesting time in my life where, where my faith was really tested. Because I went through the things people go through and bad mm -hmm. things happen to them that put their life on a different pattern. You know, you blame God, family, friends. And it's really my wife that really said, you know, it happened. What are you going to do? She yeah. I want you to look in the mirror every day and say, I'm getting better, I'm getting stronger, and say it till you believe it. And I prayed. I prayed a lot to God. I wrestled with God. But don't wrestle because you will lose. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was a long road to recovery. But I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned about, a lot about my faith. And I learned a lot about listening to those inner voices that we all have. And you can call them gut feelings. But, you know, it, right. I, 
I believe it, it's a higher power talking to you. That's perfect because God does bring sometimes things that are pretty rough sometimes into our lives to, to catch our attention and bring us back to him. Added into that, I, I wanted to pick up on a quote that you've said before that I saw on the, the website for Against the Tide. You said, I am frequently berated by Hollywood compatriots for Christian faith. And so can you tie into us as we lead into the projects you're in, what you experienced there with God and then what you're getting from the Hollywood side and how maybe those have tied in to make your faith stronger and your desire to do some of the family-friendly things more? Well, I, th I think it's pretty obvious what Hollywood's doing. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. Walt, Walt Disney said back in the 50s, he said, you know, movies and television will influence teenagers. And of course it does. It will influence the youth. And you see the amount of violence and sex and anger and hate and divisiveness that's out there. And you see it in the real world now playing out. Yeah. You look at all these people looting and burning down and, and attacking people with bats and guns and killing and all this stuff that's been going on for the last six months. Do you think any of those mostly probably under 35 years of age or younger, that mm -hmm. are doing this damage. Do you think that they would be doing that if they had any biblical principles or moralistic values in their life? Of course they wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we see the dark side. We see what's going on in our public education and the indoctrination of kids and the, the hate that just seems to fester and grow. It's crazy. So mm -hmm. so for me, I just got to a point in my life, I, you know, but back in Probably 2009, 2010, I got tired of the hypocrisy. I got tired of being on sets and people saying this and saying that. So I started challenging them. And I found that challenging them, um, they didn't have any facts or any kind of any sort of logic to back up. They're all just like talking points and talking heads and just being part of the Hollywood establishment. And mm -hmm. here I was going against that establishment. And most of the people, when I ask them their questions to back up what they're saying, they just say, you're wrong and walk away. You're wrong. <laughs> and I go, what? So... Uh, they had nothing to really back it up, but it hurt my career. It hurt yeah. big. My wife warned me. And, you know, for an industry that screams for tolerance and freedom of speech, it's all a one-way street. The hypocrisy is there every single day. You see it in our politicians. You see it in, even in Hollywood. I mean, mm -hmm. they can talk about the wonders of socialism. Well, all these really, really successful multimillionaire people in Hollywood that scream for socialism, they don't live that way. They live a capitalist lifestyle. And we're, we're in a capitalist business. You think Disney or Universal wants to lose money? Of course not. So that I, I just got tired of it. And it did hurt my career. And my manager said, see you later. My agent said, see you later. We can't get you in the door anymore because you're a Christian and a conservative, which is like in Hollywood, you might double leper, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. But, double whammy. But yeah, so 2010 really came along. And uh, Dallas Jenkins is a dear friend. He's the son of Jerry Jenkins. I said, hey, I got this wonderful script. And I read it and I went, wow. Who's playing the part of Pastor Ben? He goes, I don't know. I got a couple actors in mind. I said, well, I'm playing it. He goes, what do you mean? I can't afford you. It's a low-budget movie. I said, I don't care. And it ends up being a movie called What If? And it was my first movie with the company, Pierce. And I think What If, who a couple years later, I did a very successful movie called God's Not Dead. What If is a better movie? And Pierre Fricks can't get mad at me because it's the same writers and the same company. So I really think people need to see the movie What If. It's I've done 64 movies. I, I'm about mm -hmm. 65th movie soon. And um, it's an amazing, wonderful movie. I put it in my top five easily. And I hope people take a look and check that out. And that really got me down the road to do more movies that uh, that had better, better messages in them. And so Flesh Out Force kind of the transition is you're going through all this and you're tired of the hypocrisy and you're turning to answers that people are giving out there that really don't have any backing. 
and you lead in this movie against the tide as the host for John Lennox, the mathematics professor from Oxford, who goes out and actually debates the atheists and other people with good, solid facts and tie-ins from his top-level scholarship. So maybe pull us into that one. Well, yeah, I was, I was approached by, uh, by Stephen Huff. He lives out there in, uh, it's called uh, Highlandville, Missouri. And I went to this amazing place he's got there. He's got this unbelievable place he built really, on like, I think it's like 300 acres, to bring mm -hmm. in scholars, to bring in intellectuals, the people who come there to have discussions and talks and their own books, just have the privacy of this area. And that's how I met John Lennox. And they brought me in because of the work with God's Not Dead, because they wanted to tie that movie into the work he does, because we do mention John in the movie God's Not Dead. So that's how the whole thing was really brought about. So we spent three weeks in, in Oxford, England, where John's hood is, you know, when he brought me around <laughs> this beautiful uh, city that's just filled with multi universities and John is uh, was a math professor there at Oxford for many many decades and he's I think he's got like five doctorates and speaks another five or six languages and then we spent two weeks down in Israel uh, walking in the footsteps of Jesus basically and it was just an amazing journey for me I was honored to be the narrator of this but also be the on-camera guide that um, asked the questions of John that gives him the lines to feed into they wrote pretty much a script for me I mean I I had uh things I kind of threw out on my own and ad-libbed, but, uh, you know, I really had to ask the questions that would bring out what John is so well versed on. And John didn't need a script. He's just, he's already there. Yeah. So it was fascinating. And we debuted the movie at the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters, which is sort of a con film festival for movies of, of faith and movies of positivity. And I told John while we were there, I said, you know, they never showed movies more than once here, but we had standing room only. So they showed the movie twice. The next day they showed another screening of it. So all these other people that didn't get to see it the first time around got a chance to see it. So wow. I got to throw out just right now, since it's on the tip of my tongue, November 19th, it'll be out in a theater near you. Hopefully we got about 700 screens. We're going to air this on a one day event. It's called a fathom event. People need to go to againstthetide.movie. That's againstthetide.movie. And they can find out if it's showing in a theater near them. So give us a summary. If you had to summarize what you learned from uh, your whole experience with John, what would it be? That they're able to at least get out to get it on DVD or streaming some, somewhere else if they can't see it in theaters. Mm -hmm. Take notes on this thing. Because more than anything else, you will get amazing bullet points to fight for the, the reasons why God does exist, why Jesus was the son of God. I mean, apologetics are such a great weapon to go back to atheists who want to come back with you and say, well, science proves it doesn't exist. And I go, well, in what way? And usually they just say, well, it's science. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there with that. You're wrong, you know. So I do a lot of a uh, lot of speaking events now over the last, well, I'd say probably eight years since my book, True Strength, came out. And I, I love to go in there and tell stories of people that are pro-choice, which I call pro-murder. But, uh, you know, I've got a wonderful story to talk about that, too. But we can do talk with that another time. But I love having the ammunition that we all need to express the, the reasons why we have the faith that we have. Oh, that's great. You know, I love the way John, like, even parses the responses that I think was Dawkins in one incident, that you realize when you take apart what he's saying— and look at the words he's using, it absolutely shows that there has to be a God. <laughs> well, it's like Dawkins' argument that, you know, the reason gravity exists proves that there's no God. Makes no right. sense. So where did gravity come from? You know? Yeah. All I do is tell my atheist friends, because I, like, I got agnostic friends, atheist friends, Christian friends, and I say, guys, look, 
I'm going to say it just in a simple way, not for you, but for me. We're in this building right now. Who built this building? Well, somebody did. And I go, well, exactly. You know, something started all this. Yes. You can't get something from nothing. Maybe mm -hmm. we don't have all the answers why. One day we will understand why. But something started this, guys. You can't just get something from nothing. And right. math is a real thing. And I think math works right in. Education works right in with the reasons why God exists. Look at, look at the way the world works. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's mind-boggling. So I hope people take a look at this mm -hmm. with heart and open mind. I don't want just Christians to see this movie. I've had a number of atheists say, hey, I saw your movie, What If God's Not Dead or Let There Be Light. And, you know, I don't agree with uh, your belief system, but I thought the movie was kind of cool. Well, to me, that's a win. Mm -hmm. I get emails from my fan site, kevinsorbo.net, from Muslims saying, I became a Christian because of your movies. And that's incredible wow. to hear stuff like that. I mean, we're called to harvest, right? Yes. And in my own way, I hope that I'm doing this. And, and that's why I want to do more and more movies like this. I mean, the biggest battle we have for these little independent movies that cost three or four million dollars to do is raising three or four million dollars. And your listeners will probably go, well, that's a lot of money. That's catering on Pirates of the Caribbean, guys. Those are three hundred million dollar movies. And we have yeah. to compete against those with these little tiny budgets. Three or four million dollars is nothing in terms of making a movie. Mm -hmm. And yet the hardest thing to do for me and my end to find people to want to invest in these movies, even though they tell me we need more movies like that. Well, then support the movies in some way. Support right. these. Let's go on to your next one. Why Faith Under Fire? Joel Rizek is a buddy of mine. I've done a couple movies with him before. I thought the movie had a great message in it. I like the irony in the, in the title. The father in this is a fireman. He's a man of faith. It has nothing to do with fire. It has to do with the fire that gets thrown up in front of us. Mm. Um, just, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking. And uh, so what do you do when life throws those curveballs? Like the strokes I had, you know, he loses his wife to cancer. His little daughter's very ill. He gets all these bad things being thrown at him in his life. And he's got to find a way to fight through that roadblock, that, that firestorm in front of him and try to find a way to have a, a positive outlook on these negative things. I mean, you can pray all you want to God. He does answer you. It's just not always going to be yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe you won't know right now, but you will find out down the road why it happened. And uh, I know I know why these strokes happened to me. I everything going for me. And my career was taken off. Hercules was the most watched TV show in the world. I just finished my first big budget movie for Universal. I had another one lined up that obviously I couldn't do. Uh, not only wasn't I able to do the movie, it was a huge payday as well. All that stuff had to go disappear. Mm -hmm. And. I was geared up to be the next big uh, action here after Arnold and uh, all that stuff disappeared when these strokes happened to me. So yeah. I had to go, okay, why did this happen? And I had to find the reasons why. Now I know the reasons why I was supposed to do movies and, and follow this new road that was thrown in front of me that I never thought would open up. And here I am and I'm fine with it. It's wonderful. So I like doing these movies that affect people's lives in a positive way. And and I'm glad you're doing them. So, you know, I'm not glad for the strokes, but I'm glad you're doing them. Well, I know. I used to say, I wouldn't wish these strokes on anyone. They go, well, the Taliban, they can have it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <That's> right. <laughs> you've been good friends with or friends with Dean Kane for a long time, and he plays a, a major part in Faith Under Fire. How do you two support each other as Christians in the Hollywood scene and the movies and, and these faith-based movies? Dean's a great guy. We keep in touch all the time. We do a lot of appearances together in the autograph world. You know, meet with Hercules and Captain Dylan and Andromeda. He was Superman. And uh, we probably get at least an email every every week together. 
I've got a wonderful script that we're trying to raise money for right now that he and I will star in. It's a wonderful movie. It's called Carpool Lane. And um, it's sort of like a being there movie. If people don't know that movie, it's a wonderful movie about Peter Sellers. Yeah. At the very end of the movie, you kind of go, oh, wait. Wait a minute. Maybe that guy was something else than we thought. And that's what this movie is really like. It's a wonderful movie dealing with Dean Cain playing this high-powered lawyer, and all he cares about is work. His family's falling apart. His relationship with his wife, his kids are falling apart. Um, he picks me up on the side of a road. I'm a bum saying, you know, we'll work for food, and he gives me 100 bucks to sit in his car so he can use the carpool lane there in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, and as things go along in the movie, you find out a little bit more of who my character might be, who's really oh. maybe not be the homeless man that you think he is. So it's a wonderful, touching story. And uh, we're hoping we're able to raise that money soon on that and shoot it next year. That's our goal right for it right now. Ooh, entertaining angels. I like that. You're, it's yeah. intriguing. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. So you guys get to support each other. And it's nice to have somebody like that there that, you know, has been through probably some of the same things you have in terms of, Hollywood and oh sure acting sure. as we come to a close here Kevin uh, just curious if you have something that you'd like to say to people listening to help encourage them towards a certain path of you know watching these movies what they can get from them things that they could be doing out in the world what would be helpful what would you say you know the biggest thing I like to tell people is don't let others set their your limitations a lot of people hold themselves back I learned at an early age that uh, failure is a good thing. Mm. And you got to use failure as a positive instead of a negative. I think a lot of people, uh, I, think, I think a lot of the anger you see in the world right now with the riots and everything like that, I think yeah. a lot of people, if you did a documentary on their lives, there'd be a common pattern there. There'd be a common denominator in there. I think a lot of these people don't have parents in their lives. They maybe don't have a father or a mother or they don't have both. Uh, they don't like their lives. They don't like themselves. They don't like their careers. They don't like if they have a career. They don't like their relationships, even if they have a relationship. There's just so much being disgruntled with life and they're blaming everybody else when the reality is they got to look in the mirror because that's where it starts. I mean, Satan is at work here, guys. I mean, it, it's, it's a battle we have going on out there. It's not going away until we do something about it. And these people need our prayers. They need our help. I, I w wish I could go down there. I mean, you wouldn't believe the attacks that I get on the internet and Dean gets on the internet. Uh, there's people out there that want to just, every time we post anything, and I, you know, I apologize for posting entertaining, funny, factual, truthful things on the on Twitter and Facebook. And I get I get banned from Facebook for posting these things. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh my! And uh, the people <sighs> behind the, the, working for these companies, the people that run these companies, it's really incredible the destruction of freedom of speech because they they want freedom of speech only for themselves. It's a tough road to follow, but I hope people do that. I, I hope people go to kevinsorbo.net. They can get my DVDs. They can get my books. I have a follow-up book to True Strength called True Faith that just came out. I've got three new movies coming out. Uh, one's called Miracle in East Texas that I directed. Another one's called One Nation Under God. It's about putting that phrase back in our Pledge of Allegiance. Another one called The Girl Who Believed in Miracles. The number one Christian movie out there right now happens to be another documentary. It's out right now. It's called Before the Wrath. Go to beforetherath.com. You can get it on Amazon. It's the number one streaming documentary Christian movie on Amazon right now, and it deals with the book Revelation. And people will find it incredibly educational, incredibly fascinating. So I hope people get a chance to look at that. And also, uh, once again, on November 19th, check out Against the Tide. Go to againstthetide.movie to get all information on a movie theater near you where it's showing. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. Okay, so let's say I'm, I'm that person that's out there, and, and I'm one of the people you described. 
that uh, maybe didn't have one or both parents and I'm angry and everything. And I am looking in that mirror. Here I am looking in that mirror. What should I be saying to myself as I'm looking in the mirror? Getting better and I'm getting stronger. Okay. Repeated over and over again. And I would encourage people right now, because I've seen a huge uptick in this right now. A lot of churches are still closed down, which is ridiculous to me. They're streaming every Sunday. People should yeah. go online, look for, look for a church, look for anything. A lot of these people don't want to go to church. It's weird. You know, it's a hard thing to ask people to go to church. They, they, they feel, oh, they're... I don't want to go. I don't want these Christians bugging me and stuff. But like I look at my church because my pastor is still out in California. I still watch him all the time. Pastor Rob McCoy, he's getting fined every week for doing sermons in front of a congregation. And I, I was back home not too long ago. Back in I say home. I was back visiting L.A. because I was shooting a new TV series. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I went to the church. There were 2,000 people there. This church only holds about 300 people. There are people all over the parking lot. They had to put microphones out. There's people here. People are dying. <sighs> looking for answers. This whole fear of COVID, this whole control thing going on in government right now. Mm -hmm. um, I hate the fact that we're making people wear masks. I hate the fact that we're, you can't hide from a virus, guys. I don't I don't dismiss the fact this thing is contagious, but the WHO just came out and CDC both just came out, the Center for Disease Control and the World Health Organization, that they said the numbers of people actually dying from COVID are no worse than the flu. They're no worse than the flu. And we're putting such a fear into people right now, such control into people. If we open up a little bit, there's an uptick. Well, of course, we need to be exposed to this thing, guys. But we have people out there that are so filled with fear right now that if you don't wear a mask even walking outside they want to just they hate you and they attack you it's like there were zombies out there right now and the government mm -hmm. will come out about this guys i promise you more and more will come out and we got to fight the fear because there's nothing to fear but fear itself that was the one good thing fdr said so um we got to get past this right now and get past all this hate and anger we have for people that that are are fighting against what the government is doing to all these businesses because we're destroying people's lives we're destroying businesses tell you right now there's gonna be a bigger fallout and bigger people there's suicide is up alcoholism is up a spousal and child abuse is up i mean give me a break guys where is this a good thing right now it's going on not only in our country but around the world wow good words thank you so much and kevin really appreciate you being on and look forward to more things you're going to do but but right now we're gonna we're gonna look for against the tide and, and faith under fire thanks so much kevin we'll catch you soon